There's been a mix-up. The youngling isn't with me. Stop calling me that. You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. Will you get on with it? Okay, okay. Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Podcast, a discussion about Star Wars toys. You're listening to episode number 69. My name is Jason. Joining me tonight from Bendem to the Black Series, Vintage to Modern, he collects them all. Also, Mr. BYZ on YouTube, our good friend Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hey, good to be back for another one. Good to have you back. Thanks. <laughs> um, also joining us tonight from This Week in Star Wars podcast, Matt Fox. Hi, everybody. Also returning to the show, Chris Moorhead. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's pretty hot out, and it's kind of, uh, as you smoky. probably noticed, a little smoky outside. Very smoky. <laughs> We are. What's going on? We are feeling uh, the I effects this was of a non-smoking state. But, the West yeah. Coast is on fire, so. Uh... Oh, that's affecting you way up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The one up here in the Northeast, we're getting flooding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Most of our smoke here is actually coming from uh, Canada. It's it's coming down from there. Yeah. Uh, the same thing that happened last year. A lot of the smoke that we have in our area is uh-huh. actually from the fires up in BC. Oh, so it's, it's I thought it was down. I thought it was the California stuff coming up. No, no, it's the BC fires. Okay, well, well, we're surrounded by fires either way. Yeah, we are. We have a special guest on the show tonight, Eric Berry from Hole in the Ground Productions. Hello, Eric. Hello. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. This is your first time on Galaxy of Toys. Yeah, I've uh, I've listened to a couple of the shows in the past, so I'm I'm somewhat I recognize your voices somewhat. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's get the show started like normal and ask everybody what did you pick up recently, Ryan? I'm going back to you. Um, I've actually been working on my uh, Comic Con exclusives since I didn't go this year. I actually took the eBay route, honestly, and picked up. A couple of them for cheaper than they actually sold at the con. Uh, the Porg set and the uh, Centerpiece set I both got for cheaper than they sold at the con. Uh, beyond that, I've got those new skull things. Like you, You're supposed to like excavate them out of the dirt or whatever. Uh, it's from an Uncle Milton item. I saw those at uh, Walmart and picked a couple up. Uh, those are pretty cool. And I got uh, two now, Target Gamorrean Guards. Oh, wow. Two. Yeah, one is one the one I originally ordered. It finally showed up today. And then the other was one a friend of mine had picked up and I was able to get from him. I typically, for the Black Series, just go for one of each and have not army built, except for the Royal Guard. I have two of those. But I think if I see another Gamorrean Guard, I would definitely pick it up. Yeah, it wasn't my plan to get two, but my friend had one. I had one on the way. I was like, oh, okay. And, yeah, I'm actually with you. I've got two of the guard, uh, Royal Guards as well, but that was only because I got the single release, and then they put one in that four-pack as well. Right. Only two? Yeah, only two. <laughs> only two six-inch. I have a ton of three and three-quarter inch. All right, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, Matt, we'll go to you. What have you picked up recently? Um... I or I got the Comic Con exclusives uh, on the Hasbro toy shop yesterday, 
So mm-hmm. I don't have them in hand yet, but I was able to get those ordered. Um, Vandor playset. That's new since our last show, right? Yes. Yeah. picked that up on the release date. Um, and that's, um, and I got a, uh, I replay the, not, not a, you know, a vintage acquisition. The, very first men on card vintage figure I ever got was the Return of the Jedi Darth Vader when they switched the photo. Mm-hmm. Um, I must have got that, I don't know, 1996, something like that. It was the first one I ever got as a collector. Okay. And um, it had a crease across the front, uh, sort of through the Return of the Jedi nameplate, and I traded that up. So I got a new Darth Vader vintage figure this week. So that's pretty cool. There you go. Uh, Chris, what about you? Any new purchases? Kind of been a slow uh, summer uh, for collecting for me. Um, I did get in the mail the other day a uh, patch from the Norse Norse Legion. It's a Royal Guard kind of heavy metal styled uh, patch. And while doing research for this show, I actually ended up picking up a a Thai Sen off eBay for doing a custom move tack for my cantina. Oh, okay. From the, uh, from the Gendi, uh, Clone Wars. No, no, this is from, uh, the, the Clone Wars series. I can't remember if it was, uh, Oh yeah. It's the, uh, the episode the, on the ice planet. That's yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's why I was actually asking you. The oh question. my gosh. I thought you were asking me about the Gendi one. Right, because there's one for didn't isn't there a the same not that I know of isn't yeah, there a they Jedi basically, one they yeah they took Muff Tack and they basically oh. put like a Jedi robe on him and gave him a lightsaber yeah and yes. so they they basically had a realistic version of that uh, that particular Jedi that's right I forgot about that and the, and that's what I thought you were asking me about last night that guy oh no 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 he he won't sit down. <laughs> Okay, I was thinking, I think that's just the same figure with a, like Eric said, with a Jedi robe on or Jedi yeah. garb on. Absolutely. All right. Anyway, that's all I picked up, so it's been a slow month. Uh, and Eric, what about you? Uh, about a week or two ago, I picked up on Amazon the uh, Assault Tank, the Vintage Collection Assault Tank, which mm-hmm. is really, really cool. They put... They put a ridiculous amount of detail in it, like the removable panel uh, that you can take off to put the figures in. They have detail on the inside of the panel that is completely unnecessary, but when you're talking vintage collection, it's nice that they they uh, put that extra detail in. Um, the other thing that is totally not in the realm of what I collect, I'm actually a fairly focused collector, but... I picked up so far three of the Uncle Milton excavation skulls. Uh, there's just something kind of cool about those. And uh, some of them, uh, you know, may actually be able to scale to some other figures. Like the first one I got was the Zabrak, and that scales perfectly. Uh, someone has like a 12 inch figure. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
and then yesterday I was one of the lucky people who was able to snag the Dr. Afra set on Hasbro Toy Shop. Those those excavation sets look like fun. I know Ryan Ryan, you picked up those as well, right? Yeah, I've gotten two. I've gotten the Zabrak and the Gamorian so far. Yeah. I, I have the Zabrak, Gamorian, and then actually just tonight I got the uh the monkey lizard. And I'm really looking forward to the um the Rancor that they're going to be coming out with later, where it's the whole skeleton. That would be cool. Ooh, that's I, I really, really cool. I, I want to create a dragon. That's really what I want. Yeah. That's awesome. I've <laughs> seen those in the store, but I didn't look closely. Are they essentially blind boxed? Yeah. So they don't know what you're going to get. Right. They're like a little plastic crate. You pop it open. They have a little uh, cardboard insert that kind of just like holds the sand in. Mm-hmm. And you take that out, flip it upside down, and it's just like a block of sand with uh, each skull is three parts. So you actually uh, take the three parts and assemble it. And I I don't know how much variation there is, but the Zabrak one, the sand was like a dark charcoal gray. And then the Monkey Lizard and the Gamorrean both came with uh, like a more natural tan sand so it makes me wonder if like some of the other ones that i haven't gotten might have like another color sand in but that's kind of like a there, cool there are thing. there are three colors of sand i actually do know that oh there is what's i the, got a, what's the third i got a color? friend who got all all six of them now i don't remember what the third color was but he was telling me there there, there were three colors all right that's pretty cool yeah yeah that's uh, and there's a trandoshan right right that's what i really want too because yeah. i love trandoshans That'd be the one that I'd want, but you know I don't know if I want to buy five dollar boxes until I find it. The, the nice thing is is that the crates can be used as like diorama parts too. So it's kind of like even if the skulls, you're like, eh, what do I do with this? You, you still have the box, which is kind of nice. Originally, I thought they were going to be some sort of little cardboard thing, but they're they're plastic. Yeah, I was impressed with those too. I was thinking about using those as background uh, items because they look like they nice crates in the background. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it for me. Okay. What did I pick up lately? I'm trying to think. Um, I found the Gamorrean Guard. I'm very thankful because I had been looking for that for, I think, a month now. Um, so I guess they're kind of starting to come out. But I don't know if it's dried up already. I don't know if there's more coming. I know a lot of people are still looking for the 6-inch Target-exclusive Gamorrean Guard. Um, yeah, I don't know. Typically, Target exclusives are not that hard to get, but this one is very popular. Um, the other thing I found was the uh, 6-inch Black Series uh, Bespin Han Solo. I found that at a GameStop in uh, just outside of Seattle. Um, that's a great figure. I think it's probably the best Han Solo figure they've done that I've seen. And the other thing I got, which is one of my f- favorite modern pieces now, is this Vandor uh, playset. I absolutely love it. Vandor 1 playset. Um, it's a lot of fun. It was a little challenging to uh, build. Um, Ryan, I found your video kind of useful. I actually watched it before I started building it, so I kind of had some idea what I needed to do because the instructions are not very clear. Oh, those instructions were awful. Um, yeah. I, I don't know who set that up, but I – yeah. Uh, it took me a little while to figure out a couple things, but 
Yeah, I almost wished I'd gone through a step-by-step of how to put that thing together after I heard all the, the issues out there. Yeah, and you really need to look at the photos of on the box to even get any idea what where what you're doing. The biggest problem I found was that there's a lot of parts of uh, – there's some things that bend, and the instructions I, – I couldn't really understand if the instructions were telling me to bend anything or – it just – it was a mess. Yeah, they're not very clear at all. Um, yeah. You know, I put together those Bandai model kits all the time. Those are perfect. Like, they show you every step and exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hasbro needs to take a step from them because this is pretty bad. And I've read, like, stories of people who were ready just to toss the whole thing out because they were so upset they couldn't get it put together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. Matt, did you end up getting your playset put together? Not yet. Not yet. I've got it all out and ready to put together, but I'm waiting for my kid to commit an hour of his time to help me do it. So mm-hmm. he's got higher priorities. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's about what it took me an hour to build. That's it. what I heard. So yeah, otherwise I'd have just done it. But mm-hmm. anybody else get the Van Door one playset? Chris, did you pick that up? No, I have not touched the playsets. Uh, Eric. Oh, I t- it, okay. Let let me tell you, I think those playsets, I think they're garbage. <laughs> like just, like to me, I look at that and I say, what what were they? Especially with the Vandor one, you know, what were they going for? They kind of have like part of a train coming out of a mountain, and, and it seems like it, it's trying to be a couple different things, and thus it does them all badly. Um, now. Let me, let me just throw out an idea, okay? If you think this would have been a good alternative. Say you want to do something with the train, and you want to make it budget, and you want to have it, you know, basically like a tongue-and-groove type playset like they have. Just make it three or four train cars. You have uh, peg holes for the feet out of plastic that you just dovetail into the top of the train, you can have Han and Chewie on a car, you can put some range troopers on another car, and you basically have almost like a budget vehicle that you can actually do something with. You can display it as a diorama, but you can also play with it, where the playsets that they did are kind of like, it's sort of like a mishmash of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, for me, it brings back memories of Land of the Jawas and uh, what is the, what was the one they made with the ad at? Land Hoth. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, it had the same base, I think, yes. on all of those. And mm-hmm. as much as I did like those, I remember once you run a figure up and down that elevator in either one of those play sets two times, maybe three times, the thing's pretty much broken. But uh, the cardboard on this, the cardboard on these sets is are really thick, like uh, so much better than the vintage cardboard playsets. But they're not for everyone, and it's actually good to hear. It's, you know what? It's actually good to hear someone who doesn't like it, because I've mainly just heard people who like it. So it's actually good to have a a different someone with actually a different opinion. <laughs> well, and honestly, <laughs> most of the people I see that that like it. They like it for the same reason that you do. Mm. It, it's a nostalgia thing for them. Like me, I mean, growing up with the Kenner stuff, I never I – th- I had the Cantina, and the only reason I know that is I have blue snaggletooth. 
but I don't ever really remember having the canteen. I was very, very little at the time, but I didn't have a lot of play sets growing up. I had more of the vehicles. So for me, there's really like no nostalgia connection to that, you know? Yeah. Let's move on. Let's quickly, I wanted to mention the Hasbro toy shop.com. They just a couple days ago, put the uh, San Diego comic-con exclusives on online. Um, you know, I was pretty good. I didn't really, I wasn't looking to pick up anything else. And I know a couple of you guys um, did end up picking up some of the some of the figures they're offering. Um, what was the experience like? Uh, I'll go with Matt. Um, was it easy to order what you needed, or was it difficult? And did it all sell out quickly? I didn't really follow it through the day. Um, I didn't have any problem. I mean, I sat here, you know, all morning, refreshing every few minutes. I wasn't obsessive mm-hmm. about it. Um, I assumed it would be like last year, which was, you know, you, it's not like VIP passes at celebration where it's blinking, you, you miss them. Um, and that's, that's what it was. I mean, the site got slow. I had to have a couple tabs open, you know, some would get stuck. The whole process probably took 10 minutes, you know, from start to finish. I was able to get, you know, the ones that I wanted in the bag, into the cart, whatever you call it. And, you know, eventually, you know, it got me through. I know a lot of people are complaining, but, you know, I checked back. I don't know exactly how long it lasted, but I know they were all available for at least an hour. Okay. And, yeah, that was, uh, that was surprising. Yeah, and eventually, yeah, the Afro went away. But, you know, if if you really, really wanted it, I think you could have got it. You know, the people who are complaining that they missed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what they were doing at lunchtime, but, you know, obviously it wasn't their top priority to get Afra. Well, well, in all honesty, I, you know, I've I heard a lot of people that had uh, problems sometimes with different type of checkouts. Like the one guy, uh, actually, I think most of the people that seemed to have a problem, it was uh, processing the credit card and it would like kick back errors and then. uh you know, some would say, well, the only way they were able to get it was they had to go back and, and use PayPal because the card wasn't processing. But but then I had other people that say, uh, you know, they had trouble on PayPal end. Now, me, I immediately went to pay PayPal. I had no problem at all. But, you know, it might have been a traffic thing because, you know, I, I was one of those people where, you know, me and two of my buddies, we were going to message each other the minute that it was available, uh, specifically the Afro set. And I remember the one time I refreshed my page and it added that it changed to saying in stock, but the add to cart button wasn't there. Yep. And, and I was worried that something was glitching on my end because, because my internet's been acting up for months where it will cut out. And, uh, like about five, ten minutes later, the add to cart button came up, and I just went through the whole process, no problems. But apparently a, a number of people did, and, uh, you know, it it's a shame because this is really the only San Diego Comic-Con exclusive I think I ever went after. And Hasbro's actually been really good the last couple years. I like how they've been doing their exclusives, where they'll they'll have like special packaging or for example, the, uh, the Han, they'll add in 
like the Minoc or with Kylo Ren, the added, you know, the Vader helmet. It, but the figure itself, you can get it later, and they publicize, yes, this will be available later. But with the Afra set, they're just kind of like, oh, well, you might see the droids later. So, you know, I, I, I've, I'm going to feel bad for people if they don't release those droids separately later on for them to get. Uh, I, I'll probably say something crazy here, but um, I found the whole process of uh, purchase. I've never done the Hasbro Toy Shop thing before because I've been at Comic-Con the last seven years, which is a pain in the butt. Uh, doing that yesterday morning was far easier than doing the Comic-Con thing. I, I'll say that right now. Um, you know, I've gone to Comic-Con to try and get that stuff, and you're told to go into this line, and you like you get there 5, 6 in the morning to wait in line, and the line's supposed to start moving at 8 or 9, and then pretty soon you hear, oh, there's no more tickets, and you're screwed. And, uh, you know, yesterday I watched the whole process. I, I got in there. I just had it up on my computer. Now, the night before, I went through and made sure all my information was up to date. I knew what my password was and had all that correct just to make sure that was all ready to go. But, uh, you know, as soon as I got up, I just kept watching it. And along about 9, uh, just like you said, Eric, I noticed that it said in stock, but it just said uh, add to wish list. There was no add to cart. And I was like, well, this is weird. And so I kept refreshing at that point, like constantly. And pretty soon it pops up as add to cart. I did it. I probably checked out in less than five minutes. I think I got it before a lot of other people uh, noticed that it was in, uh, up yet. But um, I thought it was super easy. I'm like, this is a lot easier than all the money I go used to go to Comic Con and uh, you know all the lines I stand in. I'm like, that was actually really easy to get that. So I, I don't know. That was I my experience it, with it. I, I think maybe what they did too this year. It seems like maybe they actually produced more of everything because I remember hearing at Comic-Con on Sunday th there was sometimes stuff where people just walked up and bought it on Sunday. Yeah, I had friends who did. Mm -hmm. And yeah. usually on Sunday, that's unless it's like, you know, the Angry Birds set from 5 years ago, um they're gone on Sunday. You can't buy any of the Star Wars sets on Sunday. Um, so that was, uh, that was kind of surprising. The first one that was sell out was the Chewbacca with Porgs, which I think is still available in Hasbro Toy Shop, by the way. <laughs> still? Oh, Chris, did you get that? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, you're letting your daughters down. Come on, man. Those, those Porgs are so tiny. Yeah. And there's it's actually a pretty cute set. There's a stuffed Porg at Target that comes with two baby Porgs for $15. Oh. Okay. And if I'm going to be buying baby porgs, it's probably going to be that one. All right. I guess. I guess so. You know, it's weird that that because that because from what I understood at the show, the uh, the pork set was the first thing that actually sold out. Yep. So maybe they just didn't bring many as many, and that's why they still have so many online. I don't, that's I don't what know. I assume. They didn't expect that to sell as well, so they had fewer. But yeah. people were going crazy over those baby porgs and. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I think. But all right. Um, next, I wanted to mention uh, the weekend. Actually, be the weekend before last was the unboxing toy convention held in Mexico. Um, they Hasbro had a panel, and I want to thank uh, Toy Run, the Toy Run Facebook page. They actually had someone on the on the floor streaming the uh, the the Hasbro panel. So. Um, big props to Toy Run. Um, that, that was, was pretty nice. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for uh, getting that going because we got to watch the panel. And although we didn't really see much new, 
Um, there were two things I just uh, wanted to mention, two new figures they showed. One is the Vintage Collection uh, Princess Leia in uh, Boosh Disguise, um, which is actually just a repaint on a, new, on a vintage card, from my understanding. Uh, looks like they're using that new digital painting technique on her face. Or maybe the whole figure. Yeah. Does the yeah. And then the other the other new figure they showed was the six inch black series Han Solo in Mud Trooper gear. And that looks like a pretty good figure. Um neither one of them really blew me away, but uh you know, I'm I'm sure I'll be picking up both. Um Chris, I'll go to you. What were your thoughts on these uh, two reveals? Uh I'm as a person who's trying to put together the complete uh, vintage run on modern vintage cards. Having a Leia Bouche is one of the, the holes that we have right now. It's the same figure, so I mean, she's a fantastic figure. They didn't need to go back and redo anything. The pictures I've seen of the face look almost identical to the to the face that I have. So I'm curious to see if this digital face printing looks any better than what all was already put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am excited to see it, it albeit it's it's kind of we already knew about it from rumor sites. And um, I'm just hoping they don't screw up and use the wrong card back image. Uh, the Han six inch, I'm not collecting, but it looks like an awesome figure. It looks really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what were your thoughts on these two? Um, um, yeah, I want to see more original vintage cards reproduced, you know, so Leia Bosch is that's a good one. I mean, that's my immediate thought was it was a re, would be a re-release of the Black Series from whatever that was, 2015, like the last wave of the the yeah. ones on the TIE Pilot card, the mm-hmm. helmet card. Mm-hmm. Figured it would just be a re, but I guess it's not. So because I, the only but the only difference is the paint, right? Everything else. Yeah. yeah. You know, I have so, I have that one, the Black Series version, and I've still. I never opened it because I always liked the 2006 one so much. But maybe I should open it now. Um, is the thermal detonator permanently affixed to the left hand on that one? I believe no. so. No, yeah. it's not. I'm ho- the, the Black yeah. Series one? I'm pretty sure it's a separate piece. The, the, the first I'm Power of the Force 2 one right was. Now. Yeah, oh, the, okay. first, the first Power of the Force 2 one was, and then the second one they did, it wasn't oh, from okay, 2006. So okay. And then okay. in 2015. What is it? 2014, 2013 that they did the somewhere in there, yeah. That one from the photos, and I haven't opened mine. It looks affixed. Yeah, it's really, really tiny too. Yeah, it's really, really small. Yeah, yeah. Eric, is this the is this the definitive uh, vintage collection, or is this the definitive three and three quarter inch Princess Leia Bouge disguise? Do you think? You know, when the Black Series one came out, I wasn't. Like just hopping to get it because I I thought I thought the one that they had before was pretty good. I liked having the removable thermal detonator. Mm. I did, however, pick up the updated one. It's got the soft good cape, which is really nice. Um, as far as them repacking it, it I mean I'm an opener, so to me it's like yeah whatever. It's a repack. Um, the Black Series Han and Mud Trooper gear, uh, I'm not that big into the 6-inch. I do collect troopers. I think if it was a regular Mud Trooper, I, I'd, I'd be all in. I'd buy it. Um, 
but with it being just Han in the disguise, unless he has a mask that can like really covers his face where he could almost be anybody. Um, I'll probably pass on that one. It's actually what they said at the con is that you could put the mask up and make it a troop builder. Oh, really? Super yep. glue it on. No one will ever okay. find out. Okay. Yeah. Then it, <laughs> well, then I'm then I might be picking one up. I I'm just disappointed that uh, they they don't have a uh, super articulated three and three quarter inch mud trooper coming. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, and what were your thoughts on these two? Um, I, I like him. Leia Bosch was one of my. Um, my more favorite uh, characters from the uh, the vintage collection stuff. So I'm glad to get that one. I, I kind of like the card. Probably, sorry, Chris, I, I'm a little different. I'd actually like to see a slightly updated card because the vintage card on that is a very airbrushed card, and it just doesn't quite look right. So kind of like the Royal Guard, I wouldn't mind a, an updated one on that to where it's like the same pose but an actual picture from the movie. Um but uh, I think that's a great one. You know, there's a lot of those Black Series that came out when they came out. I was like, God, it would have been great to have this on a vintage card. And so it looks like maybe Hasbro's going on back and filling those in. Uh, the, the the Han Solo, it looks cool. I, that, that Mud Trooper outfit's really nice. I'm kind of surprised Hasbro didn't get a, a Mud Trooper out there right away. If Jax could do it, it seems like Hasbro should be able to. But... Uh, it's nice to be able to get that, and it looks like we're getting three and three quarter inch. We already knew about that, but uh, this was one of those that was announced. I was like, wasn't this already announced? I guess I was thinking of something else, but yeah, it's uh, nice to see that coming. Yeah, um, yeah. I I will probably not open this one. I'll probably just get one and keep leave it carded. I maybe I will eventually open the uh, first uh, version that they released a few years ago now. Um, but I'm always happy to see more vintage carded figures. I really do like the, uh, I really do like the cards. So next we are going to talk about hole in the ground productions and Eric, that's the, uh, that's actually why you were uh, brought on the show. Although it's uh, great to have you talking on about the, the rest of the topics that we're going to discuss tonight. So you're not only here to talk about this, but I just wanted to give you a chance to, um, let us know about, uh, what you've got going on. All right. Well, first, uh, I want to thank Chris for inviting me on the show because uh, the more publicity, the better. Uh, the more people that hear about it, the better. That's what crowdfunding is all about. It's really a group effort. Um, but I, I had been making uh, resin cast diorama parts primarily for three and three quarter inch figures for about four years now, and I've actually been a professional prop maker since 2005 um but i i've grown up with star wars figures i'm a big collector and uh on the yak face forums uh one of the members was uh putting forth these ideas like wouldn't it be cool if they did a set like this like maybe uh it comes with this figure and this figure and a big accessory or something like that, that i mean that that's something that a lot of people um, diorama builders and, and collectors and stuff were frustrated with that there, there wasn't more, uh, large accessories. Now, like the 30th anniversary collection was amazing for big accessories. They packed in some really, really big packings. Um, and even going back to the power of the force two days, uh, they, they had some decent packings. Um, but, this this forum member would put out these ideas, and one of them that 
really had kind of gotten the whole thing started was the droid torture rack from Java's Palace. You know, why haven't they ever made something like this with a droid figure and everything? And finally, I just said, you know what? You're going to get one because I'm going to make it. Uh, because I figured it's just props scaled down real small. And, uh, you know, I, I can make those the same way I make anything else. Um, so the first thing I came out with just to test the waters and see if anyone was interested was I made a doorway. And overnight, like 20 people were like, oh, how can I buy this doorway? And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And so I, I just slowly started um, over a couple weeks like, okay, well, here's another door or here's a box. And people just loved the stuff that I was coming out with. And uh, now four years later, I've probably done 50 different diorama parts. Uh, I even have done two vehicles and everything is in kit form. So people just get an unpainted uh, set of parts and it, you know, some stuff doesn't require assembly, uh, but there is stuff that does. And, you know, I include instructions and uh, someone who also, I, I, I think I met through the ActFace forums uh, makes the, the decals for me. So I just kind of tell them what I'm looking for and everything. Um, but I've been doing that for four years now and I spend a large portion of my time, uh, basically working like an assembly line, you know, orders come in. I am personally casting everything. I'm personally packing everything up and shipping it. And, uh, there's so many different things I want to get to and expand into, but I'm, I'm not getting to spend a lot of my time designing because I'm basically doing grunt work. And so I, I talked with my wife that the company is literally just the two of us. And I said, we need to advance the business somehow. We need to make a jump forward where I don't have to do so much of this, and uh, the the best way to do it in the best detail possible and the best quality possible is uh, factory injection molded. And so I started looking into that, and, and this was actually probably about this time last year where I started exploring the idea of uh, how do I go about this? I mean, I, I didn't even know where to start. And so it required a lot of research. And I talked to other people who uh, ran small companies uh, doing like original action figures and stuff like that. And they got started through, you know, a crowdfunding campaign. And I spoke to them, hey, you know, how did you get started doing this? And uh, do you have any recommendations of things to do, things not to do? And last November, I put out a a survey, and I, I sent it to all the people who have bought stuff from me and said, could you just fill out this survey? And I didn't give a lot of details about what it was about, but it did mention stuff about, you know, would you consider buying something from us that was injection molded. Would you consider buying that if you had already bought it 
from us, but in resin and uh, just to kind of gauge how much support there would be uh, for some of the different ideas I had and directions we could go. Um, so here we are uh, a year later and I'm getting ready to launch this campaign now. And if, if there's any questions you have, just jump in. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise I might just start rambling. No, I'm looking at your website now. It's a lot of nice, a lot of nice diorama pieces. Thank you. Yeah. And Chris, you have some, I've seen some of these at your house, right? I have a great many of these. My, my lovely wife has bought them for me a couple of years in a row for Christmas. And um, I, one of my favorite things I've gotten from her in the last couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I've got some of the, the Hoth, uh, computer consoles, uh, the power boxes, the, the, Stove bot droids, um, some of the weird boxes, the ammo boxes that Han uses, the uh, the Hoth uh, Rebel transport, which is just exquisite. I love that piece. Uh, but yeah, they just everything that makes your little displays just look so much more full and more immersive. Oh yeah, the really like the Cantina Distillery that looks really good, and the uh, the war table. That looks pretty oh, cool. I have that one too. That's yeah, yeah. The war table's been really, really popular. Well, Uncle and, Milton had a, a a set that kind of was very similar, but it had. I think, I think it was more the uh, the the one from Return of the Jedi, the Home One version. Yeah, but it was it, it was kind of like my placeholder for several years, and then I got this one, and it's it's so much more accurate. I was just thrilled to get it. So, yeah, and there's still items on there that are going on my list for this year. So, yeah, actually, you had mentioned the transport. Um, uh, not not last celebration, the one before it. Uh, Steve Sansweet's Rancho Obi Wan kind of does like a miniature setup at celebration, and that year it was all based around. Uh, fan-made stuff and in one of the display cases there because he, he actually bought the uh, rebel transport from me and i remember when i got the order and i'm like i had to kind of do a double take and i'm like is this and then i saw the address and i'm like oh my gosh you gotta be kidding me and um then this last celebration he brought out a uh a, a book that's all about fan-made uh stuff and that also has the transport in it which is really neat yeah um and uh, and and again let everyone know where they can go and find your uh, your site and yeah uh if they go to hole in the ground pro.com mm-hmm. uh that's the main page okay there's also a there's also a link to a video i have up right now explaining a little bit more about the crowdfund and uh, you can also go to the diorama page. There's also a link to the crowdfund there as well. And we have a Facebook page. If they just search for Hole in the Ground Productions, they can find it. I do a lot of updates on that. Um, but what what I'm hoping to start with is uh, a couple of the crates we do. Mm-hmm. And it, injection molding is so unbelievably expensive with the tooling that there's no way I could just say, oh, I'm just going to take everything I make and raise enough funds to do that. So it is going to be a bit of a stepping point, but uh, I'd love it if 
we actually exceed the goal we had because then some of those funds can be rolled over to doing another series of parts because uh, if this gets funded, which these are all sort of box-type items, uh, the next thing's going to be tables and chairs. And with each like series that I do, uh, I'm going to be refining some of the stuff that I already have, and it will also include some new items that, in some cases, there's no good way to resin cast it. That you know, injection molding is literally the best possible way to do it. I'll uh, definitely put a link um, in the show notes for anyone who wants to check this out. Um, again, that's holeinthegroundpro.com, um, and there is a lot of cool stuff to look at on this page for sure. And you can also um, check out the it's the Indiegogo. Is that yeah? The, that's the yep. uh, okay. Um, so yeah, very cool. Very. Cool. And when yeah. it, it, hey, we, your website is a dangerous hole to go down there. I I just <laughs> scanned through it and I'm I like, no, oh, I'm like I could okay. add everything to my cart right now. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> right now. <laughs> you want to know what one of the sad things is? Is with all those parts I make, there's a lot I don't even have finished for myself. Oh. It, but mo- most of the stuff that is that you actually have a finished sample photograph mm-hmm. it's so i could take the photograph <laughs> <laughs> wow and that android rack is pretty cool too that is whoa uh, i was looking at that myself i when, when i got a place for, the, that, and I have to for that when i originally designed that i i had actually thought of a way um it, and again this is one of the cases where uh doing it the way i'm doing it uh kind of has its limits but if it was injection molded like it could be multiple parts that interlock and things like that but i had actually originally been considering having a little lever on it and you would push it and it would actually like move on the pistons and pull the droid apart and stuff but i i i tend to think that way a lot of times i come up with the craziest scenario and i try to do that and then i usually have to reel myself in and be a little bit more realistic (laughs) wow Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Guess I'm what? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm lost on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got a, a Hoth diorama that I thought was pretty cool, but now I realize it's uh, yeah. lacking quite a few things. And now, so. we, and now we know why this guy thinks that new playset is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got all this cool stuff at home, I, I can imagine why you might. This, this is where I quote the emperor. Good. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll put links. Like I said, I'll put links up to your uh, site and also to that YouTube video, and uh, I'll put those in the show notes so uh, people could find those easily. Um, but you know what? It is the tenth anniversary of the Clone Wars. The movie, specifically, was. Re- put in wide release on august uh, 15th 2008 so we are just right on it um i can't believe it's been 10 years i remember going to the theater being very excited about a new star wars movie it had been at that point it had been three years since the star wars movie was in the theater i was super excited i got to the theater i was thinking oh my gosh it's gonna be crazy and you know what? I think there were 15 people in the theater on the premiere night when I saw it. A bit odd, I thought, for a Star Wars premiere. Um, Ryan, what 
what what did you think uh, on the uh, Clone Wars movie premiere? Were you there the opening night? You know, I don't remember if I was. Uh, that was a weird summer. I had a lot going on with my job at the time. Um, and I remember I went and saw some movies. I know I saw it in the theaters. I just can't remember if it was open night. I want to say it was. Uh, but I remember it not being very busy, not nearly like any other Star Wars movie I've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I watched the movie, and I was not impressed. <laughs> I uh, came away from it uh, like, ooh, I-, I don't know about this whole new thing. And uh, fortunately, I watched – I happened. It was a total accident. I watched those first couple episodes when they first aired. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Yoda episode right away sold me on it, and uh, so I kept watching. But – that movie didn't really make me want to want to watch the the series. Yeah, the movie was kind of like co- like three three or four episodes cobbled together, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. and the something was just off about the soundtrack for me. I just something about the soundtrack kind of. You know, George Lucas told Kiner for the whole Clone Wars series to not make it sound so much by, like John Williams, mm-hmm. uh, to do something very different. As I felt the same way. I mean, I have a lot of Clone Wars music, and uh, it's definitely far different from anything else Star Wars. When he got to Rebels, Kiner does Rebels as well, he mimics John Williams all over the place in that. I've heard uh, mimics of, like, Jaws in there. I've heard mimics of Raiders of the Lost Ark, all sorts of things like that. You could tell, totally influenced by John Williams. He's used full John Williams tracks and kind of reorchestrated them with the, the synthesizer stuff that he has to use. And so you could tell in Rebels, it was said, okay, you know, Lucas wasn't in charge anymore. Uh, you, you know, go ahead and make Star Wars music. Use Williams stuff. Whereas in Clone Wars, it was supposed to be um, very different. Lucas wanted it to be different. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the movie you weren't so sold on, but you did like the, once the series got going, you were on board. Yeah, definitely. I uh, that Yoda episode I thought was great with him yeah. and the clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sold me on it right away. I actually just went back and started watching the first season again. And, you know, I, I watched all the way, obviously, you know, I thought felt the third season, it really got to be a great series. And you watch that first season again, and the animation is just like, ooh, this just isn't quite as good yeah. as what they did later on. I mean, that happens in anything. You, you right. get better as you go. Right. But uh, it was a little jarring to begin with. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it, the, the series definitely got me with those first couple episodes, and I stuck with it all the way out. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your impression of the Clone Wars movie when it came out? Yeah, all these people that like, you know, oh, my God, can Star Wars survive a bomb? Nobody went to see Solo. I mean, <laughs> nobody went to see the Clone Wars. I mean, that was uh, I went I went to like a sneak preview that they advertised, you know, online. You could go online and get a ticket and maybe it was a day or two early. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anybody there. It was like me and a couple other guys from our you know local club and theater was maybe 20 people in a big theater and you know and i went a couple more times and you know right off the bat when you you didn't have the fox fanfare which you know now we don't have on anything except a new hope but you know that was weird just the whole thing just felt weird because it was new i mean the animation was kind of jarring and oddly enough like I go back and watch the movie every couple of years. My kid watched it a lot when he was younger and it's, 
you know, it's the actors who were from the move from the actual show. I mean, excuse me, the original movies like Christopher Lee and uh, Samuel L. Jackson are, are their voices are in that movie and they sound wrong. They, you know, it's like they don't know how to an- do animated voices. And yeah, I came out of it. I said, well, that wasn't great, but maybe the show will be you know, better. And the show was better. Yeah. And it is disjointed. The narrative of the up, just the way they stitch together, you know, a couple story arcs or however, three or four episodes or whatever it was. It just seems a little strange. And I still cringe. I know a lot of people like zero the hut, but you know, I think they're actually just, you know, like the way some people like Jar Jar, they're just trying to be, you know, different because he's still a jarring not star wars character to me um so i came out of the movie a little worried about what we were going to get on the show but like like ryan said the show itself even though the first season in retrospect is uneven especially compared to some of the later stuff we got it was better than the movie so um yeah mixed mixed bag uh, Chris, did you ever see the, you, I mean, now you know you've seen the movie cause you bar, you, uh, at least watched it on home video at one point. Did you go to the theater and watch it? No, I did not see it in the theater. In fact, I, I didn't see it until I borrowed it from you just what a couple of years ago. I've been, uh, going through with my oldest daughter and watching the series We're I think somewhere in season five and, uh, yeah, I, I did not hear good things about it. Um, even coming up to the release of the movie and I, I avoided it like the plague. Um, it was not the Star Wars I was wanting to see in the theater. So I simply avoided it, albeit when the series started showing up on, uh, I believe they were showing the episodes like maybe a few days or a week later on the Star Wars website. I watched the whole series that way. And, you know, it was a fine series. Uh, I thought there were some phenomenal moments and there were some painful moments. And, Probably one of my biggest biggest problems with the whole series is it lacked a consistent tone. And you would have one episode that was aimed for like four and five, maybe six year olds. And the next episode, it's clearly preteen targeted story. I mean, you have the, the droids lost in space kind of two episode arc, butted right up against the Pong Krell arc which is just, it is a tonal whiplash for, for a series. Um, that's one of the things I think Rebels has gotten better about in having a consistent tone from episode to episode that like it kind of is more committed to one audience, whereas Rebels just jumped all over the place. I mean, there's parts of Clone Wars I absolutely love and is a fantastic series, but there's also episodes that I hope I never have to watch again. A sunny day in the void comes tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't hit that episode yet with my daughter. But you're uh, going to watch it, right? I mean, you're going to let uh, her watch it. Hold on. It's more than one episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole that, arc. That, that, the best thing I can say about it is introduce you to Gregor, who comes back in Rebels. But, you know, it's, uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what about you? Uh, well, I I didn't have any interest in seeing the Clone Wars movie because – I knew it was a prelude to the show, and I'd seen the animation, didn't care for it, and, and my perspective was, 
oh, this is going to be a kiddie show, and this character Ahsoka, the, the only thing I could think of was Scrappy-Doo. She's going to be like Scrappy-Doo, this character that you just want to die as soon as possible because she's annoying. But then, oddly enough, it was uh, the Force cast at the time, they they kept talking about how good the series was. And so when the uh, first season came out on DVD, I'm like, you know what? I'm 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 gonna buy it. They keep saying good stuff about this, so I like in two days just watched them all. I loved it, and it, honestly, Ahsoka didn't bother me. I liked Ahsoka from the very beginning, which is weird because a lot of people it 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 took them some time to re- for her to really grow on them. I liked her from the very beginning, which was surprising because I thought she was to be like the worst part about it. Um, and it wasn't until I had finished that, that I realized that the movie was not in the season. I thought, um, when the season was put out that it was going to include the movie as the first episodes. So I actually saw season one. Then I went back and I saw the movie before watching all the rest. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. It was it was kind of sad to see it go, but um, I agree. It 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 was kind of disjointed. Where um, it, there would be times it was just really firing on all the right cylinders, and then other times it would just go way off into something that you didn't care about. And uh, I even the stuff that was good, I kind of felt that occasionally there were missing elements to it uh pong krell arc was brought up which i thought was an amazing arc but when all said and done there's really no explanation like how he was corrupted and and all that so uh but overall i mean i i really liked it yeah i think um a lot of people didn't think they were gonna like ahsoka and ended up really liking ahsoka i was really happy um when she showed up in rebels because I liked her a lot and it was, um, because of clone wars. Um, I, I, to this day, I actually still like clone wars more than rebels. Um, mainly because with clone wars, the, the stories change. So if you get sick of something, well, something new is coming in an episode or two. Um, whereas rebels, I feel like you're just kind of stuck with the same crew. And I think the, 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 their home, their home base planet that they've been on, for a lot of episodes, Lothal visually is not very exciting. So I've never been a huge fan of Rebels. Um, I know a lot of people do not agree. They prefer Rebels over Clone Wars. But uh, for me, definitely Clone Wars. I'm excited that it's coming back. Um, and I look forward to, uh, I guess they said 12, 12 more episodes. So that would be good. Um, but yeah, and so... I just wanted to talk a little bit tonight about the toys that came out. It would take about five episodes or more to go through all of the toys they made for the Clone Wars. So I just kind of want to touch on some of our favorites and some of the highlights of the line. Let's start with uh, Matt. I'll start with you. Um, What was your initial impressions of the figures when they came out uh, in 2008, summer of 2008? They're stylized and uh, a little different than what we were getting at the time. What did you think? I was fine with it. I, I actually liked them a lot because they 
they looked like the characters. I mean, they, you know, Hasbro got the sculpt. You know, I don't know if it was because it was computer files and they were somehow able to use the computer files to make the figures. But, you know, they were they were spot on to what you saw on the show. And the the only problems I would have with the designs of the figures are also the problems I had with the design of the characters I was looking at on the screen. And and they said, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of models, so you saw a lot of the same bodies over. You know, you see Anakin and Obi-Wan and Mace. They're all wearing basically clone armor in the first season, just, you know, different colors because they said, you know, that's all the computer models they had on the show. But as far as the figures go, I was fine with the stylized approach. And later on when they started coming out with some realistic ones in the vintage collection, I didn't, you know, I still think those look a little, I don't care for those as much. I, you know, I prefer the, the animated ones. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, Ryan, what did you think when the uh, figures first started, when the first figures first appeared? What did you think of them? Well, it's a funny thing because uh, the figures were launched on July 26th of 2008. I remember this because that's the day before my birthday. And my parents had asked me, you know, well, Ryan, what do you want for your birthday this year? And I was like, well, a whole bunch of new Star Wars stuff coming out the day before my birthday. I was pretty broke that summer. Uh, so I was like, you take me shopping. So my dad's like, okay, we'll, we'll go shopping. So that it was a Saturday morning. Uh, we went out. We went to Target first, and I'm, we were trying to find all the figures because it wasn't just the Clone Wars stuff that hit, but there was the um, the new regular wave that hit with the Stormtrooper backers and all that. And uh, I was pulling off, you know, the figures, figured out which ones I, I, I needed, make sure I get them all. And then I, I grabbed the ATTE and I put that in the cart. And my dad said, okay, we're done. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I had most of the figures already in the cart once I added that. Uh, but uh, my, my dad saw that. I was like, okay, that's it. We're done. And uh, But it, it's, it's a nice memory of mine uh, with that because it's like one of those few times I can look back is like, going shopping with my parents for toys as an adult. So uh, it, it's kind of a fun thing. And um, my dad enjoyed it. My dad uh, loved his model railroad trains. He, he kind of enjoyed my hobby a little bit. He, saw, he enjoyed watching me collect. So I think he had fun going out with me that day because we went to a couple more stores, try, you know, tracking down more stuff that I, I didn't find to begin with. But uh, um, I, I found that a lot of fun. I, I As always, I bought everything. So um, – it was it was really great to get a whole bunch of new stuff and uh, honestly, like Matt said, the design of the figures, I'm really happy that they matched it up to the design of the characters in uh, in the show. I remember when the Gendy series hit and they had very stylized action figures and they didn't have a whole lot of articulation. They were extremely stylized and at first I was like, oh, I'd rather have them look like you know the regular. And then the more I looked back on it, I was like, I really like that those are stylized like the the cartoon. Because it separates them, and they're exactly like what the the medium was, and so it's really great to have those. And so when these matched the cartoon as well, I was actually very happy with that. And like Matt said, when they did the realistic versions, they don't look quite right. Some of those troopers that they did is like, oh, I don't know. And that Ahsoka, the realistic Ahsoka, I don't know. It just doesn't look like so much like Ahsoka to me. So um, it was it was kind of weird uh, with some of that stuff. I'd rather have the cartoon style. Yeah, that um that release that you're talking about, that July 26th release date, um, that was 
I mean, I think the word epic is kind of overused these days. You know, everyone has an epic hall where they find they find two figures and, mm-hmm. oh, I have an epic hall. It was epic. That truly was an epic release date because not only did they have the, the ATTE, but also yeah. the Legacy Falcon came out. The, the yeah. Falcon, yeah. yeah. I mean, Toys to get to those get two big vehicles in one day plus a ton of figures – the first wave of Build-A-Droid figures. Yep. Right. Um, on top of all of these new characters uh, for Clone Wars, that was pretty epic. I Possibly the last was epic really release strange. they've done. <laughs> what was really strange is in that first wave of the regular figures is they had realistic versions of the Gendy series figures mixed in that, which is very right. odd. Right. Yeah. And the Sandstorm scene figures yeah, three scene, yeah. years before we got the sandstorm scene right yeah it was very, know, that very was, odd choice. I, I yarna, that. don't forget yarna so yarna <laughs> yes and and had, those were the figures that had the first day of release stickers right and uh, yeah that was i mean i guess that was a big day for you know memorable for everybody that was right after my kid was born that was oh, nice. really the first time that i went out you know, after, you know, he literally, I mean, I'm sure it was the first time when I was out for several hours, leaving my wife at home, you know, with the kid and, you know, whatever in-laws were there watching, helping out. So, I mean, that was, yeah, that's what I remember about it was, you know, it was reintroducing myself back into, you know, society after, a, you know, a month <laughs> of being sequestered with a, you know, preemie. But, um, yeah, that was a, I I was lucky enough to have found the Falcon and the ATTE before, you know, our, my target had put them out or whatever. But um, yeah, that was. There has not been a Force Friday event since then to rival that. No, nothing no. close. Nothing close. Uh, Eric, what did you think when this line came out? Well, I to me, I want all my figures to be able to be displayed together and fit in. So for me, if it was animated, it was like, well, that's just not going to work for me. Um, I bought an occasional one. If I thought it, it could pass for realistic. Uh, For example, I got Cad Bane because I don't, you know, I think if you put him in with some other figures, he doesn't jump out as not looking right. Um, I have Savage Press because, you know, his face has a little bit of an animated look, but it's not so far off uh, that it doesn't work. And uh, I have Hondo. You know, I, I feel he's kind of the same way. He has some animated proportions, but other than that, it kind of it kind of works. Okay. And I and I do have the realistic ones that that you guys were talking <laughs> about the vintage collection. Yeah, de- definitely have those. Okay. Uh, Chris, I didn't think I've ever – I don't think I've seen any Clone Wars figures on display at your house. I've seen your display quite a few times. I can't think of any. So I'm guessing you didn't get any. Um, certainly not first day. Uh, there is one Clone Wars series item in my collection that's actively displayed to, to, to this day, and that's the Attack Recon Fighter. I don't know why. I just loved it. I thought it was awesome. I actually have a vintage collection uh, Django Fed in it, which is one of the few prequel figures I have 
around, but it, it felt more like a Mandalorian vehicle than I, I only think that vehicle was even in the uh, the TV show. I think it's one of those uh, Hasbro creations. Um, I can't even think offhand what that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, it's uh, kind of has. Oh, it looks like a cockpit on a fighter, except you're missing the rest of the fighter. And the, the wings fold out and kind of rotate a little bit. Is it like, anyway. a, like a mini rig type thing? Yeah, it's a mini rig. Yeah, type. it looks like the cockpit of the gunship without yeah, the rest yeah. of the gunship. Okay. Um, and it, it is cool. It's like one is figure cool. kind of underneath it. I, I think I know what you're talking about now. It, it came with an Anakin Skywalker, which I just I tossed in the bucket because yeah, it wasn't... Like I like my stuff looking as realistic as possible. So um, I had no problem with the line coming out in a stylized. And, and throughout its run, there were a handful of figures that, that really tempted me. And actually, like I said earlier, I, I, I just ordered that thigh send because I think he'll work, you know, shoved in the back of a cantina. I think he looks much better than the move tax that we've got through, what, Power of the Force 2? So... Yeah, yeah. I was even very selective at that point on what I was picking up. The first several waves of the Legacy Collection, I just wasn't getting much. That was right at the time I was starting to purge a lot of prequel stuff out of my collection. Mm-hmm. I had gotten over my Clone Midia. Uh, had, had gotten off. The you clone. got out. You got out of that in the nick of time because oh. they went crazy with clones for the Clone Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, th- I think it's an awesome series. I mm-hmm. mean, wrong. Um, but they, they just weren't for me. So, uh, um, in fact, I, I remember helping a handful of people get their hands on various figures uh, throughout the run. Okay. So next, so let's go back to Ryan. Ryan, what were what, in your in your in your uh, in your estimation? What were like? What were some of your the best figures from this line, from the animated um, style line? You know, I just had to go look. I have a couple shelves of just the Clone Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go look. I'm like, gosh, I just set those up recently, too. And I was like, I can't really remember. But, you know, the the second Cad Bane that they did that came with the little Tito droid. Yes. Um, that was a really nice figure. But I wouldn't say just that one. Like, uh, Embo was a really, really well-done figure as well. Uh, as was, there's like a couple just random figures that i find interesting the uh firefighter battle droid i i find very humorous uh just because it's a fire it's a battle droid with a fire hose coming off its backpack um and for some reason there's a coruscant clone guard that has a big like red lined shield i don't remember his name um but i always liked that shield and everything i always thought it looked really cool um I'd probably have to say those, and it's strange for me to actually say a clone. I, I loved buying all the clones and everything, but after a while, it got to be so many clones that, uh, yeah, to actually find one I really still like is, is good. <laughs> yeah. And if you could, can you narrow it down? What what do you think is the best figure from this line? Uh, probably that second Cad Bane. It was really well done. The first mm-hmm. one it needed tweaks. It wasn't quite right, but that second one, uh, it was a... Uh, it was a bit taller, a little bit bigger, seemed a little more right for the, the figure, for the character, and the fact that it came with that little droid made it even better. Okay. Uh, Chris, on to you. If you had to uh, – what do you think are some of the better figures from this line, the better or the best? Uh, so, uh, yeah, that Embo figure looks fantastic. Uh, that's one of the ones that really tempted me, but it, it was just so outside of what I collect. 
I couldn't quite pull a trigger on that one. Um, I really loved uh, the Rex and the the cold winter gear, so like the proto snowtrooper look. Uh, again, that was really tempting. Some of the arc troopers were fantastic. Yeah, uh, Previsla, the Mandalorians. I was, I, I like those. Um, it's hard to say because I, I really have barely ever touched any of these figures to really say which one's the best. But if I could just reach out and grab one right now, I'd probably grab the Embo. Okay. Matt, what do you, in your opinion, what are the best figures from this line? I liked a lot of these. Yeah, they did a lot of good designs. I liked the Darth Sidious figure they did was a good one. Um, that looks- Shakti. I always liked the Sidious figures, but that was a good one. That Let's say, just, to go, just to go back to Darth Sidious. That Darth Sidious figure is nearly was nearly impossible to find when it came out. I saw out. it once. I found it once. Yeah, I bought yeah. I bought one on eBay after I gave up looking for one. I think I paid like thirty dollars for it, which I thought, oh my god, I'm paying thirty dollars for a basic figure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I haven't looked recently, but, but I know it was north of. It was up there in Ahsoka territory. Yeah, I, I want to say yeah. a carded one will go for three hundred or more right now. Wow. And it's a good one. I mean, and that's too bad because it's a good figure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked uh, the line did not have a lot of soft goods, which I normally like. But Shakti had a lot of had a whole robe, but was a good she looked good. Um, the best clone they did, I think, was uh, it was Commander Colt. Um, oh, yeah. It had just a really nice design and color scheme and it was the phase two armor or what you know the stuff like revenge of the sith uh he was my favorite of the clones and then i liked of course hondo because he's probably my favorite character in star wars so and that would hondo anaka would be my favorite that would be your favorite okay okay eric um on to you well (laughs) one of the ones that i forgot uh is pre Vizsla, which I, I really like. Um, and again, I own him because he, if you have the helmet on, he kind of fits in as a realistic figure. He's close enough. But I, one thing I always like about figures is ones that have really good accessories or pack-ins or features of some sort. So pre Vizsla, you know, he's got the little soft goods cape, removable helmet that makes him cool hondo is great because he has his monkey lizard that comes with him uh the the uh, cad bane uh the one with toto that is the one that i have and he has partial soft goods has a nice pack in with him um so to me those are kind of the elements that i think really make a good figure i think another one that i don't own is uh I think his name was like like Seraphim or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, Sarah Pass. Yeah, where he's like a, a big bulky robot, but the hatch opens up and it's like this little tiny alien inside, mm-hmm. which I think is it's really like a Men in Black or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so it was so a rip off of that scene in Men in Black. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, who's the power that? Oh, Ketwall, the power of the Jedi figure that's on stilts. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, and 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 your absolute favorite again is, ah, oh, you know, I was gonna say Cad Bane, 
but I real I really like Previsla, so I think I might go with him. Okay. All right. Um as I was looking through these figures, and I had not really thought much about Clone Wars figures in a while. I haven't looked at mine. Most of mine are not even on display anymore. In fact, I don't think any of them are. So I just pulled out a bunch of them today just to kind of go through them. And um, there are just there are so many good ones. They These are just toys that shine. I almost forgot how much I liked them. And and they're well designed and they've got good amounts of articulation. They're not like there's not too much articulation, but there's enough there where you can pose them in a lot of different ways, which is which I think is great. Um my favorites probably are the Aura Singh figure. I really like that one. Uh, much better than the uh, Aura Singh that came out in 99, the uh or was it 2099? No, it was 2001 that the first one came out, I think. Um, Power of the Jedi. The Power of the Jedi yeah. one, yeah. Um, I thought this one was so much better. I, so I really like this Aura Singh. And then another one I really like is uh, the Armored uh, Savage Press. And the Emperor. Or not the, he's not the Emperor yet. He's Darth Sidious. Um, if I had to pick a favorite out of all of these, it would be impossible. I would... I'd probably go with the armored Savage Press, and I didn't even really like that character much in the show. That you know, he didn't do much for me, but I just really love the figure. I think he just looks menacing and fun to play with. Um, so I would go with that one if I could, if I was just gonna pick one or save one out of all of them. But there's just so many. You know, we could do. I mean, if we ever did a retrospective on these figures, it could easily go. I don't know how many episodes we could do on these because there's just so there's an unlimited amount of things to talk about when you really start looking at these figures. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Yes. Um, I'm on uh, uh, JediBusiness.com right now, and uh, Chris B has a excellent uh, gallery of the figures. So if you if you just want to get an idea of how many they made and how cool looking they are. I do suggest going to JediBusiness.com, checking out the uh, Clone Wars, his Clone Wars gallery. He's got one that uh, pretty much has the uh, all of them. I'm pretty sure it's complete. Um, so that is definitely a good visual guide if you don't have them or don't feel like getting them all out. Um, I, I I tell you one way you can tell how crazy they got with clones. Not not just the animated ones, but realistic ones. I have the Ultimate Action Figure Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, book by Steve Sansweet, which anyone who is a loose collector, I highly recommend it because it has photos of everything up through the vintage collection. And there are over 20 pages in the book that is just clones. It is incredible how many clones they made. I, how, do, how does one even keep track if you if you're collecting all of these, how would I mean how would you even keep track of which ones? I guess you could use the book or a uh, website, but so many of them. Once are, you've are, taken them out of the box, it's done. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there's just oh my goodness, so many. Um, I, you go ahead, I, I tried to do it once with Darth Vader figures. And that was impossible. I, clones, I can't imagine. The next question I have for you guys is, what were some of the best vehicles from that line? And ultimately, which one was, would be your favorite? Um, Chris, uh, Chris, I'll start with you this time. 
like I said, I only picked up one of them. For a little while, I had the uh, clone turbo tank that I found at a, a value village. To, uh, it's like a Goodwill out here in the Northwest. And uh, ended up selling it to another collector because it was just taking up space. I really wasn't displaying it or doing anything with it. Um, but yeah, the ATTE and that turbo tank were just spectacular large vehicles back in the era where we were getting like one jumbo vehicle a year. And it was just, I mean, a lot of us refer to that legacy vintage collection era as like kind of the modern golden age of action figure collecting. And it really was, I mean, so many figures and so many vehicles came out. It was crazy. And um, those two big ones for the clone wars were fantastic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And if you had to pick one, is the best? Uh, probably we get a, a complete turbo tank. I know the ATTE had issues with like the, the feet falling off. It just seems like mm-hmm. a little bit more of an awkward vehicle. Yeah, um, I actually saw online someone had a fix for the ATTE to fix the legs so they'd stay on better. And if you just cut up super glue, well, there's that. But <laughs> That's what you, I used, if you yep. um, yep, if you glue. take the legs apart and put uh, a pen eraser or I guess a pencil eraser would work too into the uh, into the center of the the socket um, it makes it more stable and I've done that with mine and it's definitely improved and it definitely stands better and doesn't fall down as much I remember when that thing came out the reviews on Amazon from parents were rather harsh because they had bought these for their kids and it does kind of fall the legs do kind of fall apart with the ATTE once you start playing with it easily yeah yeah so i can see why you i can see why someone would actually prefer the turbo tank which is a much sturdier vehicle probably that was a a reaction to the ATTE um eric i'll go over to you what uh what do you consider the best vehicles from this line Oh, I think the ATTE just hands down. Uh, I mean, it it had some really cool features. I actually only bought one uh, about a year, uh, maybe maybe two years ago. I don't remember, but uh, within the last year or two, I bought one, and I didn't know a lot of the cool features it had. Where you know you press a button and it you know says phrases and the back folds open to deploy troops and light up cannon on top. Really, really awesome. And uh, fortunately, I did not buy mine boxed or brand new or anything because I started tearing it apart and made a custom of uh, Rex's ATTE from Rebels. And uh, it, it probably doubled the weight on it. And right now there's a little box underneath it holding it up because uh, the other day the legs just popped right off just due to its own weight so I am going to be going with the super glue solution <laughs> okay alright um, Matt in your opinion what were some of the best vehicles and what was and what was the best vehicle well the obligatory ATTA that's good that was you know out of the chute that was a great vehicle I second everything everyone said. I really like the turbo tank. Uh, ultimately, my son got the most play out, more play out of the turbo tank than the walker, mainly because it would shoot that speeder out the front. Um, so to get both of those vehicles in consecutive years, along with the stuff we were getting in the normal line, that's sort of like the golden age. Um, 
V19 Torrent Starfighter was cool, even though I, that we originally saw that back in the Tartakovsky show. And um, what was the, oh, the the Republic tank, fighter tank, whatever they called it. I thought that was that was pretty cool for something that was, you know, new. I mean, I, I, I actually think that might have come from Battlefront, the video game originally, but it was a cool thing. But my favorite vehicle, hands down, in this line was the Y-Wing. I loved the design and how they went back and retconned the Y-Wing, which was always my favorite fighter in the original movies. And they sort of showed us what it was like when they first came off the assembly line. So like the bomb, thought, the bomber version, right? Yeah. The Y wing. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was, you know, I, I loved it in the show and I was so glad when they made it as a V and they made it as a big vehicle. So, you know, that was, that's my favorite one from the line. I kind of forgot and about liked, that one. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that it, they gave us an excuse to get Republic gunships again, which I always like to have available. But the Y wing was is the one that I, it's the one that I have out now, and you know I try to find ways to incorporate it into dioramas that it shouldn't be in, but I like it that much. I'm gonna have to get mine out and look at it again. I it's got a lot of cool I features. Thought about it. yeah, I kind of for, I forgot about vehicle. that vehicle. Okay, Ryan, you've uh, been actually reviewing some of these vehicles on your YouTube channel recently, <laughs> so. Yeah, and you know I, I go along with a lot of what the ATTE was awesome. I love that Y wing, Matt. I think that's such a cool vehicle. Um, there was a lot of neat neat vehicles they put out in this line that tied into either Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith that we never got through the movies, which was nice to get them through this. And one of those I always liked that we got was the Snail Droid of all things. It was a weird thing to get, but we saw them on Kashyyyk. Uh, I thought it was an interesting design, and when they finally put them out as a Clone Wars vehicle, I was really excited to, to get that. I don't know if I may say that's my favorite, but uh, you know they did a couple of things. They, they did those um, the Magna Guard uh, dro- uh, fighters, and then they repainted one for Cad Bane's uh, ship. There was that Mando ship they put out right at the end of the line. Um, ultimately, I have to go back to the ATTE as being definitely being the best ship or best vehicle of this line. I, I love that vehicle. I never fixed my middle legs. In fact, when I was setting up recently, they fell right off. And fortunately, I've gotten mine in place, so it stays there. But uh, it just looks so cool. It's a, it's a centerpiece of a diorama. I like the, the turbo tank. It's cool, but I never liked the design of the turbo tank. It's like the only thing in Star Wars that actually has wheels, which is weird. Um, so I, I find that a little odd. And it was one of those when it came out. It took me a while till I actually bought it. But... Uh, the ATTE I've I've always loved. Okay. Um, I thought about this and I phew, the ATTE definitely is high up there. So is a turbo tank. One thing that I think is a was a, a standout and I think a lot of people associate this more with a, a repaint that was done later. But the Slave One that came out for the Clone mm. Wars was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was so, it's, it's awesome. It came with, I think it came with three figures. Um, There's only a way well, to get boss. Yeah. It came with Mace Windu Starfighter as well. So you got oh, Mace that's right. Yeah, it was a double pack. I forgot Boss, about that. Boba Fett, and was there a third or a fifth figure? Mace. Probably Mace. Yeah. Mace, his droid. Mace and his droid were two. And, and, and boss. Young Boba Fett and, and young boss. Boba Fett and boss. Um, 
I I might have to go with the Slave One. Um, I know most most people think of that as you know the Empire version that was repainted like a year or two later, which is also an amazing vehicle, of course. Oh yeah. But uh, but the origin of that vehicle was the Clone Wars line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah I got to go with the Slave One. But uh, the ATT is definitely high up there as the uh, as is the turbo tank, and maybe if I look again at that uh, that big yellow bomber, maybe I can see something in it I maybe didn't before. Yeah, I'm really surprised in the line that they never did repaints uh, different versions of the ATTE because they showed them in the show with different paint jobs. Um, I, I was surprised that never happened, or the Y-Wing, for that example. I expected mm-hmm. repaints mm-hmm. of both of those. With what they were doing with the gunships, it seemed obvious. You know, They're going to spend all the money on tooling. We, I every Jedi f- starfighter we ever Yeah. Did. Oh, my exactly. gosh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think there were six of those total. And it was um, – yeah, I was very surprised that we those larger vehicles we never got additional versions of. Yeah. Um, did they – you know, I – they go for a lot now on the secondary market, for sure. I don't know. Okay. The... Some, uh, ATTE, surprisingly, doesn't. It doesn't? I mean, you know, it's under $200. But for I, think a vehicle, I, got mine for like I think I got mine for 65 Oh, that's yeah. not bad. That, that's boxed for under $200. Okay, so maybe not, oh, as, okay. not as expensive as I thought they were going for. That's not bad. I don't know, but the others, I have... So, yeah, like some of those gunships are... Oh, it's very, insane. The Slave 1, I bet that Slave 1 is top dollar. Yeah. What about all the little mini-rig vehicles they did for this line? I I never got into those. It's not my thing. Uh, what you think? There was some iffy one. That Y-Wing bomber, which they re-released for Rebels, was kind of interesting just because it was a scaled, kind of scaled-down Y-Wing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they that, did a couple. That, I, that I picked up, uh, but I picked up the Rebels Version. Okay. Yeah. They had like those drop ships and the wa- the little two-legged walkers. They did a ton of those, uh, and the speeders. I, they had some nice stuff. I mean, it rounds out the the collection really well. Like, it's kind of nice to get those little one-man ships. They didn't they re-release that uh, sand skimmer or sand thing from Power of the Force Two that came with Luke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I actually just bought that recently. Uh, I. <laughs> I skipped over it in the store because I'm like, oh, my God, it's that stupid sand skimmer thing that came with the Power Force 2 Luke. I don't want that. And it was a little while later I was reading somewhere that the mask that comes with the Anakin in that kind of resembles Vader's mask. Like it has two eyes in the triangle mask. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have that. Um, and I like to have every figure. If it's just a repack or uh, a light repaint, I don't care. But in this case, I had a completely new accessory. I was like – so I think I spent like about thirty or thirty-five bucks to get that. Now. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> no, I, I saw. I thought some of those were, you know, they they did a lot of them. Some of them were duds. Some yeah. of them were pretty uh, creative. The dropship I liked. There was, you'll remember. Well, I guess it wasn't necessarily Clone Wars, but it sort of crossed over. They did the. Uh, the huge droid transport, whatever the MTT, the MTT, yeah, in the in the legacy line. Well, there was they made a little mini rig that fit inside that, yeah, uh, which was which was cool. Uh, I mean, ultimately they did, didn't they do Yoda's? 
They did Starfighter. go to Starfighter as well, yeah. So that's okay, that's what that. I was wondering. I thought they did. Yeah, so, you know, there were a lot, and some of them were pretty cool. Some weren't. They even did that, well, it's not quite a mini-rig, but that uh, Swamp Skier or whatever. It was in Revenge of the Sith, but they they put that on, I think it was under the Clone Wars line. Um, well, there was the Swamp Speeder, but that was a yeah. full-size, you know, yes, one of I mean, yeah. $25 vehicles. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah. One thing they, you know, one thing about the line was when it started off, there were so many multi packs and all kinds of um, there were retailer exclusives. It seemed like they were covering like every episode of the show. Like for the first season, like I think they made the characters for almost every story arc. It um, seems like it, yeah, and, almost. And they they did they kind of continued that a bit in season two, and then by season three they had kind of dropped off doing that so there's probably a lot of figures i think a lot of us were hoping they would have made but didn't matt i'll go to you what figures do you think they really should have made before they ended the line um i'm sure there's a bunch i mean tons yeah uh jumping out of you know the the Father and son and daughter from that Mortis trilogy. That you know, those would be ones that I'd like them to to go back and revisit. Um, oh, there was one I was. Uh, I'm, I'll interject at some point, um, but yeah, by the fourth season, they were really. Uh, did they ever do a Satine? No, no, no. They okay. So I mean, that's one they clearly needed to do um so i'm sure one of you has got the one that i'm trying to think of there was we did get did we get tarkin no 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 okay tarkin so i mean you we did get you lauren though yes. but uh so which in, and that figure did not sell i remember I like that figure. Accessory. He's worth buying for that holograph table. Agree, though. agree. I liked yeah. that figure quite yes. a bit, but I remember just seeing him rot yeah. away on the pegs. That was one of the figures I actually thought about buying. It was exactly for that hollow table. <laughs> uh, Chris, you've watched a lot of the episodes in, recently since you've been rewatching them or rewatching them with your daughters. Um, what figures do you think they should have made that they didn't get to? Uh, I'd like to see more of the generic uh, Night Sisters. I know Pung Krill is a huge uh, gaping hole in the line. Uh, later season uh, outfits for Asajj Ventress. Um, anything from the the Maul running the Mandalorian episodes, the Mandalorian Maul uh, guys, uh, Obi Wan wearing his Mando armor, Satine, Bo Katan, um, Spider Maul. Uh, Champ Syndulla, who showed up also, I believe, in Rebels, so he's yep. well represented in both series and kind of deserves a figure. And of course, I'd love to see uh, Tarkin. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got on my list that I I would love to see be made. I remembered the obvious one, Jason. Star gonna... Guerrera. Oh, that what? Oh Star yeah, Guerrera. that's right. So, and his sister. Uh, yeah. yeah. Steel, yeah. right? Was it Steel? Saw and Steel? Stella, Stella, Steel. Steel, Steela. Steela. Steela, thank you. Yeah. Well, in hindsight, they should have made them for sure. Well, now, now, yeah. 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 Yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, Ryan, what about you? 
Where to be? Well, you know, you mentioned that the Obi Wan and Mando armor seemed like a gimme, and I'm still surprised we never got that. Um, the other one I thought for sure was going to happen is that whole uh, storyline where I think they're breaking into a prison, and so they put your the heroes in carbonite so that they don't register as life forms mm-hmm. on the ship. As so you have like Obi Wan, Anakin, and Rex in carbonite, I'm like, oh, this this screams battle pack right here, right? To get those three in carbonite, plus they're non articulated, so it's just one sculpt to do. And Tarkin was uh, involved with that as well. It, it seemed like an easy battle pack, and I was so surprised it didn't happen. I, when I, as soon as I saw that episode, I'm like, we're going to see this in less than a year. Well, then and, I'd have to put Ugnots in there. It would be the most boring battle pack ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole show in itself. Most boring battle pack of all time. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, but uh, I, I was really surprised they didn't do that. And then there was Obi-Wan disguised as the bounty hunter. Um, I can't remember his Rayco name. Rayco Hardeen. Rayco Hardeen, thank you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Rune Hako. I know that wasn't right. But, uh, yeah, that was another one I'm surprised never happened. Um, Zero the Hut. I mean, I'm sure that's what Jason was going to say, right? <laughs> they <laughs> but, made a Zero. No. In the little squeaky guys or whatever, the uh, they they never made an action figure of Zero. They made the job of the hut that you could repaint as Zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, Although I heard Daryl Dupree say, "Are you say sure?" That, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. I heard Daryl Dupree. I'm pretty sure I heard Daryl Dupree in an interview saying they had tooled one up for a possible retool or ex- retail exclusive, but it uh, just didn't. It just never went anywhere. That'd be uh, Zero the Hut along with Sice Noodles, right? A little, little two-pack there. Yeah. <laughs> I always um, that, jo- that I, job of the Hut sitting on the shelf and mocking me because he was packed with that scramble on Yavin pack. Which was oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah. always just sat there mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't buy that Java for a long time. I, I, it was, uh, it was well there. after, and I got it for pretty cheap. It but, was there uh, for a long time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I mean, I, the big one. I I don't know. I love like I love the Han and Carbonite stuff and all that from Empire Strikes Back. So the heroes in Carbonite was definitely the one thing I was shocked it was never made. and I really wanted. Yeah, uh, I think we're all shocked that someone wants it that bad. <laughs> I, uh, Eric, in your opinion, who should they have made that they didn't? Well, you're going to think I'm obsessed with Mandos, but I think they really dropped the ball on those. Uh, Pre Vizsla in his uh, Season 4 and 5 outfit, which was different. Uh, Bo-Katan, the Darth Maul Mandos that had, like, the little horns and stuff. Uh, Rico Hardeen, that's how I knew the name, because he was on my list. Um, And one that I thought the design was really interesting is... uh, there were two Jedi, like, sisters or twins or something, and they were murdered by the one clone. I th- it, it may have even been, like, a season six episode. Right, yeah. that season, season six. six. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and those, something like that. They, they yeah, ride. they had, like, these weird head tails, which doesn't narrow it down, because there's tons of Jedis with weird head tails, apparently. But, uh, yeah, they were kind of, like, an interesting design. They They would have been cool... Uh, in some sort of in some sort of like battle pack or something. In my opinion, they should have made Zero. He was a big part of the movie, and I'm, with the launch, I can't believe they didn't make him. I know a lot of people don't like him, but um, I was on board with Zero. Um, he reminded me of uh, who's the crazy uncle in Bewitched that keeps showing up. Uh, oh. 
Yeah, it was <laughs> that guy. Um, I can't think of his name offhand, but uh, they should. And I can't believe nobody has mentioned this, but why didn't they make Captain Akbar? Like, oh yeah, that, that was another one. That they should have made it. It should have been a male. I know they made a, another um, Mon, Cal, uh, Mon Cal Jedi, right? Um, Fadar Neb. Yes, yeah, yes. And he was cool, and I'm glad they made him. But I would have much preferred to have Captain Akbar, but they really should have just made both. Well, didn't know. didn't they even do a Ahsoka and Anakin in, like, underwater gear, I yes, think? Yes, they did. Yeah, yep. they and, did Ahsoka in scuba gear. And a yep. sc- well, they did a scuba clone. Yeah, that was for Clone Wars, yeah. They did yeah, they did, and didn't, they did an underwater, dro- the Aqua droid. Yes, yeah. correct. See, that would have made a great battle pack to put all those yeah. and, and Akbar in there. Well, I was, so one of the ones I thought about mentioning that I would have liked to have had was the... Rift Tamsin or whatever the shark. Oh the yeah, villain in that in those oh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, the Pike, uh, the Pike creatures from uh, the Pike. Oh yeah, now we need the Pike. Yeah, because of Solo. Right, and they're doing one for Solo, so that's cool. At least we're getting one that way. Yeah. Um, the other one I would really like, which probably wouldn't have been a great seller, but I would have liked to have a, uh, um, a Chancellor Palpatine figure. I think that would yeah. have been cool. Um, yeah. I can understand why they wouldn't make him because, you know, probably not very much appeal to kids, but I still would have really liked that figure, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the Jar Jar's girlfriend from the Lost episode? <laughs> I forgot about her. <laughs> Reenact some romantic moments with Jar Jar? <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> or repressed it. We, we, we all did, fortunately, and then someone had to bring it up, you know. <laughs> Is that the one with like the mad scientist trying to poison? No, that uh, was the, the, that was the blue whatever, which is another interesting the blue design. Shot of virus? Yeah, who is that? Who is Do- that guy? Doctor Vindy. Yes, Doctor Vindy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Cool yep. design. Would be an awesome figure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, past the figures. What? Uh, what did they miss? Any vehicles that you think they really should have touched on? Ryan, I'll go to you. Um, you know, they did a ton of vehicles. Uh, I'm sure there's more than what I'm thinking of. Um, Palpatine's shuttle or that, that kind of shuttle, they never did that. They did like that attack shuttle, mm-hmm. but we never got that. I don't know what you call it. It's a, kind of got a bubble front shuttle type of thing. Um, let me see. Obviously, there's the Twilight, which I know a lot of people are upset about and it was never made. Right. Um the big one for me, I really wanted once I saw it, and it's been Rebels as, as well as that police gunship. Um, yes. I really like the design of that. Lego mm-hmm. did one. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but I would like to have seen that. They had Z95 headhunters in the show. Um, you know, For those of us who go way back, we remember that was like the precursor to the X-Wing. So, And then uh, Pre Vizsla's uh, Mandalorian fighter. Uh, they, had those Mando, they did that Mando transport, but they never did uh, any of the fighters. Uh, any one of those. It seems like a lot got missed there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Chris, any vehicles that you've noticed yeah. they didn't make they should have? The first thing that came to mind was those police speeders. The, uh, those are pretty awesome. Beyond that, uh, I have a hard time remembering what all there is beyond that that didn't get made. Uh, I'm just – I don't have anything distinctly in my mind. I know um, that the Twilight – but beyond that, I, yeah, I'm at a loss. Okay. 
Um, Eric. Okay, here's the one that came to mind, and it actually uh, showed up in the Tartakovsky Clone Wars, but it also did make an appearance in the Clone Wars, and that was Ventress's uh, fighter, where it kind of had like uh, like a fan that would fold out and fold back on it. Do you remember that? The cockpit was like ball-shaped, and then it had... Yeah, it's sort of a solar sailor kind of thing. Yeah, it was almost like a firefly-looking thing, but with a fan. And I always thought that ship was like a really neat design. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought about that one either, but that would be a good one. Matt, what about you? Um, they did a good job on this. Uh, you know, they they put out so many vehicles off the bat, there aren't a whole lot that are screaming out. Twilight would have been cool, but it would have had to have been big. Um, there's the the vehicle that the uh, the episode where they they go to Kashyyyk, or not to Kashyyyk, but with where the Transoceans are hunting the Wookies. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugi and the the people that ultimately come to save the day, whatever their ship. I think their ship was called the Halo. It was an interesting design. That's but another again, one they did with Lego, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's so. I mean, you're digging deep, you know. Yeah. If, if that's the one you don't, you know, from the line that you don't have, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'll just, I'll commend them for doing as many as they did. Yeah, and another cool thing was some of the, a lot of the vehicles they they did, like even if you didn't like the Clone Wars figures, weren't into the cartoon, and liked the movies, they were kind of some designs from attack of the clones and revenge of the sith that finally got transformed into toys like the attee and the turbo tank i mean those were both in the movies well turbo tank was actually uh off of i think a joe johnson design for the adat way back yeah yeah Yeah. okay yeah and so i was gonna say what about the nemoidian uh shuttle that never got made did it Oh, that ultimately became the oh no, the Spectre Two or whatever it was called. Yeah, they the, never made that. Uh, yeah, that was like the Phantom, the fan, the new Phantom. Yeah, the previous like uses that and tooled. Yeah. When the show was out, I really wanted the Twilight. I haven't really thought about it in a long time, but <laughs> man, I wanted that ship. I thought maybe I could just build one myself, but I kind of realized I don't have the skills for that. Well, it's very boxy. They looked at so, the I mean, Lego. That was one of the few Legos that ever that that sat around. Yeah, I mean it went on clearance a lot of places. So um, maybe they saw that. Yeah, yeah. I really would have liked the Twilight. I think that's the big hole. Just like the uh, just like the Ghost is the big hole for Rebels. Yeah. Um, the Twilight really was like kind of like the main ship in the show for the first couple of seasons. Well, wasn't there something like the hyperdrive from that? It was what became the hyperdrive from Millennium Falcon, supposedly. There was early lore about that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't ever remember hearing that. Yeah. And what I really liked about the Twilight was I felt like what was missing in the prequels was like a ship that you could get attached to because they didn't really carry over many ships from movie to movie. No. The fighters changed every movie. The... The queen ship changed every movie. Um, you really couldn't get attached to any vehicles. And I thought bringing in the Twilight and putting it into so many episodes, I thought they were kind of course correcting on that and giving the prequel era kind of a vehicle to hold on to, which ultimately they just blew up at the end, I think. Right. Didn't it just 
get yeah. blown up. Yeah. Yeah. Obi Wan um, took it to Mandalore. I I think if they'd made it a little bit more of an interesting design, it might have gotten made. It's just a very boxy, weird looking ship. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have you the know, budget. I know. <laughs> I know the error is to try and go like Millennium Falcon, but a little different. I definitely don't want to do that. But, you know, if they had some sort of interesting design to it, it might have been more toyetic, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So uh, final words on the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars. Ryan. You know, uh, just the show in general. This is something I realized when we were at Celebration Anaheim. I went to the the panel where they showed like the three episodes in animatic that are apparently going to be part of this new season we're getting. And I'm standing in line waiting to get into that because I don't go to a whole lot of panels and celebrations. I've seen a lot of what they've done before, but this is one of those things where you may never see this again, so I thought it was worth going. There were so many people in that line that, number one, were upset that Clone Wars was canceled. And number two, this is something that never occurred to me before, but Clone Wars was their Star Wars. That, that When they thought of Star Wars, they thought of the Clone Wars series, and I'd never thought of that like that it's like oh this is just an addition to the movies it's like a little extra add-on and it kind of shocked me and so you know hearing it is coming back and uh everything involved with it it's i understand that a little bit better i understand why people really get excited because this is their star wars this is what i would attribute the original trilogy to me uh it's amazing that there's an entire generation of people pretty much out there where what they consider star wars is this you know six uh seasons of a, a series coming up with the seventh now but uh that's that's pretty impressive I, I yeah it just astounds me on that um i never like dove in hard i loved buying the toys i, I enjoyed watching the show week after week with a few exceptions but um you know it, it it never rose to what i felt was up there with like the movies but i i'm still just astounded that that is people star wars and I, I love that i don't have a problem with that at all i think that's awesome but uh it's an amazing thing oh yeah uh chris 10th anniversary of the clone wars final thoughts um good series uh great toy line that ended way too soon uh they really dropped the ball in the latter seasons and there was some gold absolute gold to mine out of those last few seasons um yeah the inconsistency um but there's there's the some of the arcs are so great it just makes up for those uh inconsistent episodes that were a bit totally uh all over the place um yeah it's a nice little side distraction on star wars honestly in some ways i think i may like it better than the prequels themselves um but there's certainly arcs that are fantastic. I mean, one of my favorite lightsaber battles is watching Maul and Pre Vizsla fight it out because either character could have died. I never had any thought that they were actually going to kill Maul that way, but he's one of the few characters that we know could die and should have died. I mean, and now it's all weird, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it was a fight that had real stakes, and I didn't know which way it was going to go. So, uh, no, it, it, good series and great toys. Matt, your final words on this 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars. Great toy line. Uh, I I don't know which I like more, Rebels or Clone Wars. Rebels was more consistent, but when Clone Wars was good, it was really, really good, but it could also be really bad. Um 
I guess, yeah, I mentioned earlier, like my kid was born right before the movie came out and the toys. So I had a toddler and, a, you know, a, and his terrible twos and all that throughout this when the show was on. And there are a lot of episodes I just barely even remember because I watched them once and I was probably half asleep when I was watching them. So, you know, it was years later, sort of when I rewatched a lot of this stuff. And and came to appreciate you know some some of the arcs especially in the the first few years so I'm glad it's coming back and I mean when you just think about how many hours of Clone Wars content there is it dwarfs the rest of everything Star Wars so I mean this is a rich field if they ever wanted to go back and you know tap it for stuff we're talking about you know. Dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of, of Star Wars content. So, you know, it's it's a really big part of the whole saga. And Eric. Well, Clone Wars was really something interesting because, uh, you know, you introduced a character like Ahsoka that people were like, no, nah, that makes no sense. That's stupid. She becomes super popular, an extremely well-loved character. You know, who would have thought that would have happened? Bringing back Darth Maul. Come on. Who would have thought that that could have happened? Uh, so it it's really broken a lot of ground. And, and also just for the fact that it's okay. I mean, I guess you could count like maybe the droids and Ewoks TV series, but really it was the first um, series where, you know, they would be able to actually have uh, story arcs for characters. And you could see where they started and where they end up and everything, which, you know, when you're dealing with a two-hour movie, there's only so much you can do with that two-hour movie, where with a series you're able to kind of lengthen out certain story elements and everything. And that was something really cool about it. Um, I mean, there were times I wish they did more of the important stuff. Uh, it, it had some, some episodes that completely knocked it out of the park, but a lot of times there was always like one small little thing where I think they could have just kicked it up a notch even more. Um, but overall, was really great. I have a lot of characters that I absolutely love, love, love from uh, from that series uh, just as much as I do um, the movies. Uh, Ahsoka being one and Pre Vizsla being one. Still kind of blows my mind that it's been ten years since the since Clone Wars started because I feel like it was just a few years ago, and I feel like it was just a few years ago that that's pretty much all we had. Just the Clone Wars and maybe some Angry Birds and uh, <laughs> and uh, some uh, Family Guy stuff, right? I mean, that was all there was. At the time, I I was like, well, we don't have any movies, but at least we have Clone Wars. It's something. But it's really a lot more, th more than that. And uh, I kind of forgot how much I did enjoy the toys and pulling them all out for this show. I, I can't believe how many they made and how cool they are and how fun they are. So... Um, it was a good run, and I'm glad it's coming back. I, I, I doubt that uh, they will ever get back to making the toys for the show like they did in the original run. I can't imagine Hasbro would 
put too much into a 12 episode show with that's on streaming. I just can't see them coming full force back into Clone Wars toys, <clears throat> especially with a movie every year. But it'll be interesting it, it, to see what what they do do. It'd be nice yeah. to see like an honorary tw- uh, case of 12 figures for the 12 new episodes. Yeah. Yep. It makes you wonder too, considering that was really the only Star Wars we were getting, if if the Clone Wars wasn't out, what would Hasbro have been putting out in all that time? Would they have increased uh, production on like some of the movie characters, or would they be left kind of floundering for for stuff to do? That is a good what if question. I I don't know. I mean, how many? Uh, a lot of well, what they were doing was just uh, Obi Wan and Anakin from Mustafar. Like that seemed like okay. those were the only figures they were making, other than Clone Wars. I know they were making a lot well, of other stuff, but <laughs> the year before was the 30th anniversary collection, which was like the best line they've done, in my opinion. And again, and then the whole time that the Clone Wars was going on, they were doing the legacy collection stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- I mean, that's the crazy thing is when you add up between the legacy collection and the Clone Wars in 2008, nine, even into 10, how many figures we were getting, you know, compared to, to nowadays. I mean, that's that's what's remarkable is that you, there, there really isn't a what if because they were doing both. Yeah. Did they have years that exceeded 200 figures? If yes. I remember right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's nuts for, for where we're at now. Oh, yeah, now it's like, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't really collect the 5 POA stuff. So for for us vintage, collect, <laughs> vintage collection collectors, it's kind of like, oh, hey, great, I have uh, another three, four months till the next wave comes out of, you know, four figures or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Had the Clone Wars not come out... Um... Do you think the the interest in Star Wars though would have died off way more? Do you think, uh, or do you think, or Matt, are you thinking maybe it would have really made a difference? Is that, is that what, kind of what you're getting at? Or are you talking about interest in the toys in or the, interest in the franchise? Yeah, interest in actually, you know, it's kind of the. I have a hard time separating them. So. Well, I think if you consider that, um, you know, there's kids, the Clone Wars that are probably still collecting and buying stuff today. And if that material wasn't there, would they have latched on to the prequels and original trilogy as much as we have? Maybe, maybe not. But I mean, that was just for five years, you know, kids being able to grow up with that. I mean, we can all say we grew up with star Wars, but we didn't grow up with it with ongoing content, like a five season show would. Right. I mean, I think that the what if, and I mean, and then this is just this is beginning to touch on much bigger issues than the Clone Wars. The what if is what if Disney had not bought Star uh, Lucasfilm? Mm-hmm. Because that's what ended the Clone Wars. Right. We would have and, had more Clone Wars, and we probably would have seen the re-release of all six of the saga films. We, we I mean, but you know, and there was there was that live action show that they kept dangling that may or may not have ever happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, by you know the time by 2012. When Clone Wars was, you know, they they weren't making toys for it anymore. Certain, I mean, to the degree, you know, you were getting a dozen figures a year, yeah. and you know, there was talk that it was going to end, you know, before the Disney thing ever happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the what would Star Wars in 2015 have looked like? I don't think Clone Wars would have existed, and but 
as far as you know the toys they had a sort of already given up on it it seems like yeah for whatever for whatever reason by you know the end of the show hasbro had already ended the line all it, it, that is it true seemed... they made very few season four season five uh figures and did they make any from the lost episodes other than oh wasn't the last one we got the jedi temple guard yeah, yeah that was yeah. later on rebels yeah that was in the rebels line yeah right right yeah right that was uh yeah that was the uh well we got him when we got a commander he didn't we in that line and we got we got uh darth maul with his um oh it was robot legs and mother talisman came out in that three pack right well there was the, the three pack with yeah yeah, they have her as kind of, like, I think they just call her a Sith witch. Like, she's kind of a generic one. It, it's kind of weird how they package that one. Because uh, she's also done in realist. To me, I think she looks like she's done realistic style compared to the Maul and the Savage that they packaged her yeah, with. Yeah, they package her just calling her, in the package, she's just called Night Sister from the Darth Maul yeah. Returns 3-pack. Now I think what I think what you're saying is right. I think she was actually uh, one of the prototype. Think because there's a Sith witch design that she looks it a lot one like. One of the episode three or all the way back to episode one. one. I think episode one. I yeah. think yeah. Uh, yeah, the design from episode one. Yeah, oh, yeah. That really isn't Talison's face. No, it's like a con. I think it's a concept uh, figure that they just repurposed as a Night Sister. I, I, that's what I think. I love it because for me, it's a realistic mother Towson. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it has a lightsaber. Wow. That's weird. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this endless speculation could go on endlessly. <laughs> Let's wrap you know, it just, up. I, I remember <laughs> we were at uh, celebration in Orlando. Was it celebration six in 20, 2012? Your prediction was the announcement at the end of that convention would be the end of Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars I did predict I, that. Yes, I predicted. You know, if you want to go speculation, if there was no Clone Wars, it might have that might have really happened. So. Yes, my prediction for the celebration was it five or no six? The six. Yeah. Twenty twelve was that that would be it. That would be wrapping up Star Wars. That that George was going to come out and say, "Show's over, kids. Go get a life." <laughs> Go get a well, life. I mean, I think I'm on the record of saying that, you know, I thought the Kathleen Kennedy hire was like they brought her in to, you know, close sell it it, you know to close everything up, mm-hmm. you know, to to manage the closure of Lucasfilm. And clearly there was 180 degrees the other direction. Yeah. Yep. And that was a that was it was not a dark time like uh, the late 80s. But but man, when all you see is. Angry Birds and uh, <laughs> and you know what else was there even? There's Angry Birds to look and and, and fighter pods and detours, <laughs> right? Yeah, which never happened really. Yeah, so I gotta tell you though, my my wife collected the fighter pods, and she's not really a collector. She's she's always like, I don't care. You have a collection. I just really don't get the uh, the idea behind collecting everything. And I forget whether it was Celebration 5 or 6, but Hasbro, I think two times every day, would give away a free blind-bagged fighter pod. And so we're like, eh, it's free, you know? So we picked some up, and my wife opened them up. 
she absolutely fell in love with them. So I would go to the store and there was always tons of them warming the pegs. And so I would go through and try to pick out the ones that she didn't have. And <laughs> she has almost all of the original wow. run. And she, she has almost two sets of the original run. There's some that she's completely missing. Like Deku uh, was apparently horrible to try to find. Um, and she has almost all the vehicles and they started re-releasing them under a different name and they're not promoting them near as well. They don't have the little pods. The only way you really get them is blind bagged with two figures in. And some of them are straight up repacks, but they actually have, uh, some rogue one figures and some, uh, last Jedi figures. But, like a wave is, I think, all of nine figures total. I, th- I have some of them somewhere. The, or- yeah, the original fighter the Hutt, pods. Right? Yeah. There was a zero of the hut. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yes, I can't I have put it, I have but I think I actually have a Dooku around here somewhere. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, wow. I don't know if it's a holographic one or not, but. Uh, it's the non holographic one that I know she doesn't have i think the holographic one i don't know if it was exclusive because some of them were exclusive to like certain packs i think weren't there something. like some like oh, big yeah. gift sets where yeah there'd be a ton yeah. of figures and like one of I, them would be exclusive yeah i got her a tin that had you know like it it had darth maul on it and uh might have even been a target exclusive it, had, it was like a metal tin and you opened it up and you could store all your figures in it and stuff. And it would come with like 20 figures and one or two of them might've been, you know, exclusive. Okay. I think it's time to wrap up the show. <laughs> it's getting pretty late on the East coast, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, everyone for joining me tonight. Um, Mr. BYZ on YouTube, our good friend, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. I should have a uh, uh, review of, well, kind of a look back at all the different X-Wings that have been done by Hasbro and Kenner. Uh, I've been working on that this week. That should be out sometime this week. Cool. And I noticed you posted a picture of that Tonka van on the Facebook. My ambulance. Yeah, Tonka ambulance. That got, yes. a lot of, that got a lot of attention. It did. I was kind I of was, surprised. I was surprised, too. <laughs> <laughs> that That was... You know, I have the Millennium Falcon, yet all my heroes went around in that, that Tonka ambulance. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, from this week in Star Wars, Matt Fox. Always a pleasure to talk anything Star Wars, even Clone Wars. All right. Movie. <laughs> and from down the street, Chris Moorhead. Uh, thanks for having me. A uh, little bit out of my comfort zone, but... Uh... I still enjoy talking to action figures. All right. All right. And then we really want to thank our uh, special guest tonight, Eric Berry from Hole in the Ground Productions. Um, give everybody a rundown one more time how they can uh, get in touch with you and see the the uh, project you've got going for Indiegogo. What's uh... All right. Well, they can go to holeinthegroundpro.com, and that's where they can also find all my diorama stuff. I have links on a couple of pages there to the uh, one of the videos that I've done so far uh, to promote the upcoming Indiegogo. Uh, if they also search Hole in the Ground Productions on Facebook, they can find our page there. It's a great, great way to uh, get updates because I'll uh, always 
throw photos and previews of new stuff I'm working on there, too. And I'd like to thank you guys for having me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I love podcasting. I love talking about action figures. So even if it wasn't promoting anything, I'd, I'd still say yes. <laughs> okay. So we'll probably hit you, hit you up cool. again at some point to get you back on. That'd be awesome. Yeah, and I'll I put the links um, to your page in that YouTube video in the show notes, so uh, you can check there as well. Um, for Galaxy of Toys, this is Jason saying good night, but not goodbye. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems Just one more rhyme, friend Yes, it's a crime, friend But you know time, friend Time can fly So it's good night, friend Good night, but not goodbye